Welcome, everybody. It is Fantasy in Frames Wednesday. I am your host, Stacey Perez. We have got Tyler Heil here. We have got our Dynasty Deviant, Chris Burns, as well. Guys, tonight we have got something very special for you. It is our very first annual Fantasy in Frames award show, also known as the Georgies. That's right. The Georgies, guys, get ready. We are going to be handing out some hardware. Let's go. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad to be back. I'm sad that I missed you guys last week. Um, unfortunately, the uh, COVID got me for New Year's, so uh, trying to bounce back. But uh, glad to be here so we can get started with our first annual award show. Are you guys so excited? Oh, pumped. I love I love awards. I love a good award show. I love talking about it. So much fun. Yes. Um, as you all can see, we all dressed up. Uh, we got Chris down here in his uh, fancy hat. And uh, is suit Chris? What uh, what are, what beverage do you have on tap for tonight? Well, for tonight, because we are gonna have such an electric show, we're all positive, we're loving everything. I have electric lemonade, so cheers. Yes, yes, Tyler, what do you have? Uh, I am drinking whiskey from a coffee mug. There you go. So all right, I'm, I'm ready to go. Classic. Uh, I've got some uh, Prosecco over here, mixing it with my uh, with my meds, so that should be a good time. Uh, Bob Harris, we see you over in the chat. There you are with Jorge. Um, guys, don't forget, uh, in addition to our silliness tonight with our award show, you can also jump in, ask us some questions. We promise we will get to them for you. Um, before we get started, I want to hear what everybody's favorite part of Week 18 was. <laughs> Chris, what was your favorite part of week 18? So my favorite part of week 18, it absolutely was not the Dolphins performance, um, but it was just just the culmination of a season. I think it was one of these, uh, it was kind of like a strange season, you know, a lot of injuries, a lot of downs and everything, but just the perseverance of all these you know, people fighting for their chance to get in there. Joe Flacco coming in and being like a beast, you know, up until week 18. It's just really good. I just love everything about like fantasy football, all the redrafters, you know, like bowing out and not paying attention until next year. So us dynasty people, like we're peeking our heads up because, you know, it's go time for us here shortly. And just football in general just, just made me happy. I just loved it all. Yes. Yes, Tyler, what was your favorite part? Well, it wasn't that the uh, past week's favorite drop got removed from my soundboard. So that was not my favorite part. Uh, <laughs> but my favorite part, honestly, it was the ending of the Saints-Falcons game. Because yes. Yes. I, wasn't, I wasn't watching it live. Like, I just heard about it later. I heard about Arthur Smith losing his mind and yelling at Dennis Allen at midfield. And I'm like... Yeah. You know what? Like, if if you don't want them to score, don't let them score. And that that's what I was doing. And then I saw the play, the fake kneel down to end the game at the one yard line. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe he should have been mad. <laughs> They're just sticking it to him for absolutely no reason. Uh, there was a reason. There was definitely a reason. There was a reason. Swag Daddy. That's he right. Needed his touchdown. Yeah, he did. 
I just loved it though. That was I we'll get to we will talk about Jameis later on because Jameis is getting an award. We made a special award category just for Jameis. Um the fact that like I forgot who said it. I wish I I wish I could remember who said it, but they were like, look, this team rallied around a guy, you know, Jamal Williams, who last year led the league in touchdowns. This year comes to a new team, is being asked to play basically like a fullback role. He's got no touchdowns all year. And they came together and was like, you know what? We're going to get this guy a touchdown because we love him. And I just love that. I couldn't care less. And you know what, Falcons? One, quit your crying. And two, if you don't like it, stop it. And three, like just, you know, how could you ask for better teammates than that? Just to, you know, defy the coach and be like, you know what? No, we like this guy so much. We think so much of him. We are going to you know, buck the system and we're getting him in the touch in the, in the end zone. So I'm for it. Good for Jameis. YOLO. YOLO. That's right. And his interviews afterwards were just freaking amazing. And Jimmy Graham, I salute you, sir. Jimmy Graham and your tweet. If you guys haven't seen the tweet, go look it up because it is phenomenal. <laughs> and uh, F the Falcons. Right. I, I need to go check this now. Go check his tweet. His tweet was fantastic. She, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Um, and almost made me wish he was fantasy relevant so that I could draft him at some point. Um, <laughs> but sadly, he's not. Sorry, Jimmy. Uh, you are not fantasy relevant. My favorite part uh, was my Packers made the playoffs, guys. My team, all three of our teams made the playoffs. Did not expect that to happen at all. We are out there. We are playing it with house money. That's right. Like, we are just, the vibes are excellent in Green Bay. I love it. Like, let's go. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. You see the sweet Tyler. You you look the, like- the vibes are fantastic. Right? I'm, I'm honestly so excited about the Packers. They're so much fun. Yeah. Uh, Jordan loves good, even though I I think every team's fan base needs to just take it, you know, right up the tailpipe for about a decade at a time. And the Packers don't get that, but it's still whatever. Jordan loves pretty, really fun. Jaden Reed rules. I'm I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, also, I before, you were excited. Oh, sorry, Chris. No, you're fine. I just want to say that if you guys remember a few weeks ago, Tyler Hill predicted the Dolphins getting railroaded by the Bills, although he thought it was going to be a little bit later in the playoffs. But it did happen to be week 18 where they come to Miami and they just take the division after they had a like a 25% probability five weeks ago of winning. And I think you did that, Tyler. Like you put that into the universe. And yeah, yeah, that's I what I had that. to deal with last week. And thank you. I just want to say thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I am happy to help. <laughs> you prepared me for it. So I didn't even watch the end of the game because I'm like, I already know what's going to happen. Tyler told me. I, I'm always prepared for the worst, Chris. Don't worry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the fantasy oracle over here. <laughs> you just know what's going to happen before it happens. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys. Um, wh- What you've all been waiting for, why you've tuned in this evening for the first annual Fantasy and Frames Awards show. We're calling them the Georgies after our founder, Jorge Edwards, um, who does not like to be called George. It's Jorge. But we're calling the awards the Georgies because it sounds cool. So, it doesn't sound like orgy. It, yeah, it, it does. It sounds, it sounds like a lot of different things. Call it whatever you want. Who knows by the end of the show, depending on how much we've had to drink, it may be a whole nother name. Um, now, if those if those of you out there who have seen The Office, hopefully everybody, you guys know that they have a special award called the Dundee Awards that Michael Scott's given out. I think there's two episodes. 
we have named our awards after the Dundee Awards and made them with their corresponding categories. Um, hopefully you guys will have as much fun with it as we had creating it. Um, but first off, let's, it's, you know, you usually award shows save this award for the very end, right? But we're going to start off big. We're going to start off with the best, most, the MVP award, if you will, which is what we named the Busiest Beaver Award. That's right. Busiest Beaver Award. We have got our nominees are Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. Our winner, everybody drum roll, please. Christian McCaffrey won it today. And Chris, you were going to tell us all about our winner, Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Like, what can I say about this guy besides, I hope they already are fitting him for that Hall of Fame jacket. Like, whenever he retires in five years after that, because the guy's amazing. We thought we wrote him off a little bit down in Carolina. He was still relevant. Then he goes to the 49ers and he becomes even better than we thought he could be. So Christian McCaffrey, like this year, he only had 1,459 rushing yards, which was first in the NFL. Um, in addition to those rushing yards, he had 67 receptions, which was third for running backs, for 565, 564 yards, which was second for running backs, 21 total touchdowns, first for those running backs. And um, he had a breakaway percentage of 7.4, third in the NFL, 22.7 juke rate, ninth in the NFL. The guy was just out there just doing things just because he just wanted to, imposing his will on everybody else. He was also the number one overall graded running back, you know, with over 200 snaps on PFF. And for the season, he totaled 300 57.8 fantasy points in a half point PPR, which is first for running backs. Um, as a matter of fact, he averaged 22.4 points per game, which is first for a half PPR. And he finished as, not surprising, the RB1 on the season. Not only was he the RB1 on the season, the only two people who outscored Christian McCaffrey this year was Josh Allen and um, Jalen Hurts. So the guy was... Phenomenal, as he always is. You watch him play. You can't help but love the guy. He just goes out there. He's all about his business. And I love watching the guy. I love that he's, you know, on a good team finally, and he's doing good things. So for that, your fantasy MVP, Christian McCaffrey. Well yes. done, sir. Congratulations, Christian. I know you're going to add this to your uh, many, many awards that you have in your home, um, but treasure it most above all, I think. Um, I just want to say hey to everybody who is in the chat. I see Chris and Andrea and Albert and Wendy. Um, Andrea, guys, Rhett's down there. Um, Bob, everybody, hello and welcome. Welcome to the Georgies. Um, <laughs> 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 Rhett coming in there. Oh, coming in hot with the uh, with the commentary on our uh, style choices. Tyler, tell me about our runner-up, Tyreek Hill. Give me, give me some info about Mr. Hill. Our runner-up. My nominee, Tyreek Hill, uh, who I still feel should have been the MVP, even though Christian McCaffrey, it was well-deserved. And I'm happy for him that he was able to take the Georgie home. And he can put it right next to that frame photo of him in his GQ photo shoot. Uh, so Tyreek, I hate that he missed a game due to injury. I hate that some of his production was limited due to injury because the I mean, honestly, he could have very easily had the best wide receiver season ever 
in the history of the NFL. He could have cleared 2,000 yards, absolutely. And I think he would have if it weren't for injury. Injury. Uh, I mean, he led the NFL in receiving yards still, even with those injuries. He was first in yards before the catch. He was second in yards after the catch by 13 yards. He leads the league in receptions of 30-plus, 40-plus, and 50-plus yards. He was completely uncoverable. And he was the wide receiver one in points per game with 19.8. He might only have a self-proclaimed two years left in his career, but he's still an absolute monster. He's going to continue to do these things for two years, and who the hell knows? He might go past that. You never know with these guys, especially when they're as good as he is. So, I mean, I'm a little biased because Tyreek carried me to almost winning the Kings Classic, but uh, he was an absolutely exceptional pick. And more than one person actually had a shot at him. Like Chris McCaffrey went pretty much number one overall in all the redraft. And Tyreek Hill, you know, somewhere in the middle of the first round. So a lot more people had a shot at him. And he was just flat out fun to have on your team with his blow up game. So Tyreek Hill is awesome. He was deserving of the MVP, but so is Christian McCaffrey. So congratulations on your runner up, Tyreek. Oh my goodness. Um, guys, also, uh, those of you in the chat, if you remember who these uh, awards for um, on the office actually went to, throw that in the chat. I want to test see how good uh, everybody's memory is. Um, our next award goes to the rookie who had the best draft value um, way back in August, if you guys can remember when we drafted. It is the Moving On Up Award. Our nominees... Puka Nakua and Tank Dell. Drumroll, please. The winner is, you guessed it, Puka Nakua. Christopher, tell me about Puka. Yes, I will gladly tell you about Puka. Um, first, I just want to congratulate Puka for earning a well-deserved Jorge Award. Um, you know, we had to fancy it up a little bit because he's moving on up like George and Wheezy. And I mean, let's just everybody knows about Puka, but let's just talk about it even more, though. So we're talking about the best overall rookie value. His overall ADP coming into this season was around 101, which puts him, you know, an early eighth round pick. Uh, the overall ADP for him in rookie drafts was 47 which means like he was a late fourth round rookie pick and there was a lot of rookie drafts where he was not drafted. And I know this because I picked him up off the waiver wire, you know, in the off season last year after a lot of rookie drafts. And a lot of that had to do with everybody thinking that the Rams were going to be terrible and didn't want any piece of them really. But uh, you know, if you got Puka, you really enjoyed it this season. And what did he do this season? Well, He had 105 receptions, you know, which was eighth in the NFL, but also a new rookie record. Uh, He had 1,486 yards, fourth in the NFL, also a rookie record. So this kid, he comes in and he breaks two rookie records right off the bat. That's impressive. He has six touchdowns and he did all this while playing, you know, several games without Matthew Stafford. You know, there was a carousel of quarterback. And then he had to deal with Cooper Cup coming back, who 
has been dominating like receptions and everything for a long time the past couple of years. And he still was shining. I mean, he put together one of the best rookie campaigns in history for wide receivers. It's absolutely impressive what he's done. He was top 10 graded wide receiver by PFF, you know, with all of his qualifying snaps. 246 fantasy points and half PPR, 14.5 points per game. And if you had Puka on your team, you were starting him and you were winning games. He finished the season as the wide receiver four on the season. And if you got him, you know, at 101 and he finishes as the wide receiver four, that is massive value. And he absolutely deserves the Georgie Award for yeah. 2023. <laughs> um, Drew over in the chat here wants to know who drafted Puka in our Fantasy and Frames Ricky draft. I have a feeling it was probably Drew. I was trying to find who drafted our runner-up, Tank Dell, but um, I, I, don't, I can't quite see it. So maybe you guys can look that up um, <clears throat> while I tell you a little bit about our number two place finisher, unfortunately, which is the lovely, the talented, one of my favorites, number one in my heart, Tank Dell. Uh, guys, he only played 11 games this year because, as we all know, he got tragically injured in week 13 on a play that he probably shouldn't have been out there for, but that's besides the point. Um, now he's going to miss uh, all the playoff fun with his team, which is just terrible. But he's still tied third overall in touchdowns out of his class. Still, even after, um, you know, being out since week 13. Okay, he's got seven. Um, and then also that 17th overall, not just out of the rookies, 17th overall out of all the wide receivers this year. Um, he is seventh in yards out of his 2023 rookie class, those of whom had a minimum of 17 targets. He has the best contested catch rate, 60% out of his class. You guys know I love a contested catch rate stat. And that is fourth overall <clears throat> out of all the receivers, not just the rookie class, fourth overall, right? From a rookie who is 5'8", 185 pounds soaking wet, I'd say that's pretty good. Um, 74th in targets on his team. That is the third most out of all the Houston pass catchers. He averages 15 points per game in PPR scoring. He is your runner-up. That is Mr. Tank, Nathaniel Tankdell. Yeah. Did we able, Tyler, were we able to find who has him in our uh, Fantasy and Frames League? I was. It was. It is actually the Dynasty Deviant himself. Oh, Christopher! <laughs> you are unmuted. Who's, who's also muted? <laughs> I'm just testing you guys to see if you guys are paying attention, man. This lemonade is delicious. Um, <laughs> in all fairness, I took over the team. As, you know, as an orphan that I took over, yeah. I did not draft him, so I couldn't take credit for that. But um, I would have drafted him. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Drew took uh, Puka Nakua in the fourth round. I don't feel great about that because I took Drew Sanders right in front of him, and Drew Sanders was useless. <laughs> um, we did a six-round draft, did we not, for the rookies, or was that? We did a six-round draft for the rookies, but that was because we have an IDP league, so we were right. drafting defensive players a la the Drew Sanders pick. Yes. Yes. Um, Drew also says Tank should be 1B. He was so good when he was healthy. I agree with you. I, I'm so bummed for him that he can't be part of this team going to the playoffs, um, <clears throat> playing Tyler's, you know, Browns this coming week. But 
uh, you know, he'll be back next year and I'm really excited to see what is going to happen down in Houston next season. They are definitely besides my Packers. I think they are probably my second, like just most fun team in the playoffs. Right. Cause they're, they're the same way the Packers are there, right? They're just playing with house money. Weren't supposed to be there. Weren't supposed to be any good. And I mean, they're just like riding the high right now. I love it. I think it's going to be so fun. I hope you guys don't destroy them too badly, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope we don't either. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Now we're moving on our next award. This is going to be our offensive rookie of the year award, AKA the promising assistant manager award. Our nominees Puka Nakua, surprise, surprise, CJ Stroud, and the lovely and very talented Sam Laporta. Let's see who is going to be our winner for this one. The quarterback, quarterbacks always get their awards. CJ Stroud. Who is talking about CJ Stroud? I better scroll down to my list here. I probably should look at my show sheet, huh? <laughs> I'm yeah. going to talk about yeah. Jump in, Chris. Yeah, you know. <laughs> What's up, Gators? Yeah, just real quick. Hey, there's Gator down there in the chat. I love you, Gator. Tell us about CJ Stroud. Yeah, so we're going to talk about CJ Stroud, who is winning assistant to the assistant manager. Um, he comes in, you know, he only played 15 games a season because he had that injury that he had to deal with a little bit. But his rookie season, only 15 games. Here's what he did. So he starts off, he was the overall ADP of 227, which means that you're picking him, you know, in the 18th round. And he was like the average, like third quarterback taken in rookie draft. So depending on how your league is set up is depending on when he was coming off the board. But he was a first round pick. 4,108 passing yards, which is eighth in the NFL. Um, he had 23 touchdowns, which tied him for 14th. 167 rushing yards, you know, and three touchdowns on the ground as well. You know, and he was out there like doing things when, again, kind of like the Rams, no one expected the Texans to really be doing what they were doing this year. I thought they would be better than like a lot of people did, but I did not think they would be this good. And I did not think in his rookie year that CJ Stroud would come out there and look as poised and as just good as he, I mean, has he looked like last week, he looked phenomenal. Um, he had 280.6 points per game, um, which, I mean, excuse me, total points, which is 11th in the league. Um, and he had 18.7 fantasy points per game, which had him ninth. You know, so those games when you finally started starting CJ, more than likely he gave you a solid production and he did not let you down. His floor was relatively high. It just sucked when he missed those few games where he had to go out for a little bit because of those concussions. But when he was in and he was on, he was great. And he made those wide receivers that, you know, Nathaniel Tank Dell made him look good. He made Nico Collins, made Noah Brown. He was carrying a lot of people on that team. He even had Schultz have a, some productive weeks, you know, even so missing the three games, he still was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, and PFF, they graded him as like the 14th, you know, uh, passer in the league, which is still really good for his rookie season, especially when there were so many question marks because of, you know, that uh, test that they had him take, you know, the like, what, what is it now? It's no longer. Uh, us two. Us like, two. Yeah. The us two or whatever, you know, so he just proved <laughs> that he is a football savant. So keep your pen and pad over there and let this guy go out there and sling that football around the field and take the Texans, which was one of the worst franchises 
like in sports a couple years ago, and he has led them to the playoffs and well deserved. Yeah. Well deserved, Mr. Stroud. I salute you and congratulations on that, Georgie. And I also appreciate that he did so terribly on that S2 test because it provided me with about two months of laughs uh, with CJ Stroud can't read jokes. <laughs> Those memes were so mean. <laughs> also, so funny. Um, <laughs> Chris, now you also uh have some information about um, one of our runners up we've already talked about puka we already know about puka but what about sam laporta and don't worry everybody sam laporta is going to get an award later spoiler alert he's we are we are not uh dismissing sam laporta that would not happen on the show we are a sam laporta fan show don't worry but chris if you could tell us a little bit about uh our runner-up uh titan one next year probably sam laporta Oh, all right. So a little bit about old Sammy Laporta. Like, I just want to say that I was a true believer in Sammy. And when everybody was thinking about all these other tight ends, you know, the Kincaids of the world, uh, the Musgraves of the world, the Jawline and Las Vegas of the world. Stacey, what's his name? Uh, it's not Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you mean, do you mean Michael Mayer? <laughs> Michael Mayer. That, that guy. Yes. <laughs> And so let's say, what did Laporta do when he came in? He just came in and he had arguably one of the better uh, rookie seasons for a tight end, like um, in a long time. Well, going back to Kyle Pitts, he started the season off like the rookie ABP, like around 20th, which made him like a second round pick in rookie drafts, which was, you know, a pretty good place to get him considering all the tight end talent that came out this year. His overall ADP in redrafts was 146. And that placed him somewhere in the 12th round. So like, you picked him up in the 12th round. You're really happy about that. Um, so on the field, what did he do this year? Well, 86 receptions. You know what that 86 reception was? It was good enough for fourth among tight ends in the NFL. And it was a rookie record. Um, 889 yards. That was also fourth um, for rookie tight ends. He had 10 touchdowns, which had him first for tight ends in the league. 196 fantasy points first and he was averaging 11.5 points per game which had him tied for first you know for amongst tight ends and it's just great to watch him out there working like it's unfortunate last week where he had that injury um and it's good that it's not as bad as they initially thinking and hopefully he gets back to health very soon but Laporta I mean he was just great he was just picking up where Hawkinson left off before you know he was sent over to Minnesota and he came in and he's doing a little bit better um you look at how this season has gone, like it's one of the top four like rookie tight end seasons of all time. You know, Ditka is up there like Pitts had a lot more yards like Pitts had a thousand yards his rookie season, but he only had a couple touch one touchdown, I think. And, you know, right now, like for career, Laporta has more touchdowns than Kyle Pitts does. Yeah, do with that what you may. But uh <laughs> Samuel Laporta is my guy. Like, I'm a huge fan of him. And I think that he has a legitimate shot, you know, to moving up in the tight end ranks next year, depending on what moves, like if anyone retires or like whatever kind of moves there are. But he is a solid value. Like, he is a solid tight end. And I'm just happy for him. So congratulations on, you know, coming runner up, you know, in this award. But we'll see him a little bit later, as Stacey already told you. Would you take him behind Kelsey and Andrews next year? 
It all depends on if Minnesota like yep. retains Kirk Cousins. Okay. If Minnesota like keeps Kirk Cousins, then uh, Hawkinson, I'm going to take him above uh, Laporta. Um, but if that doesn't happen, you know, then yeah, he is definitely in that top three for me. And really and truly, I think I trust him a little more to stay on the field than I do Mark Andrews at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset having him uh, number one overall. I really wouldn't would not would not be upset about it. And um, we've really never seen Mark Andrews play with a competent receiver core. I agree. Agree. But would you say that uh, the Ravens receiving core is competent now? Absolutely. Okay. Zay Flowers is fantastic. Oh, Zay Flowers is a stud. I mean, yeah. I mean, Odell yeah. is the definition of competent. Flashlight. <laughs> There's a lot of ways you can go with that. About definition of what about Bateman? <laughs> I like Bateman. I know state whatever. I don't want to see your dumb face, Stacey. All right, Rashad Bateman is a good wide receiver to have on your NFL team. He's going to be fantasy relevant at some point, and I'm going to shove it in your face. At some point. At some point. <laughs> they said that about Jalen Rager. <laughs> Jalen Rager was literally never good. Ever. Yeah. I mean, wasn't he like the, the rookie wide, wide receiver two that year? A lot of people had him over top of C.D. Lamb. Yeah. He, he was three. Yeah. Okay. He was three, right in front of Justin Jefferson. Jefferson, yeah. I was asking, was it Jefferson? Oh, my That's God. Gross. Um, let me ask you one more thing about Laporta. Uh, do you guys think – now, I, I think we, we put this stat out here a long time ago. It's been like a, a tight end hasn't won the Offensive Rookie of the Year since, like, the 1960s. Um, do you think that there's, like, even a chance that he could win it this year? I do not. No. Yeah, all these people voting on these awards are all about narrative. And with the narrative that we have with the other two players, it's just too great. I mean, C.J. Stroud's is in the making. If anyone other than C.J. Stroud is going to win it, it's going to be the guy who just had the most productive rookie wide receiver season in the history of the NFL. I don't want to diminish Sam Laporta, but CJ Stroud and Puka are just flat out exceptional. So no, Laporta will not win. Um, if he did, it'd be really great for me because I went on the other day just for giggles and put like five dollars on him to win, and the return would have been like seven hundred and fifty bucks. So, keep what would the return have been if you put money on uh, Puka Nakua at the beginning of the season? Back in September, I don't know because I didn't do it because I got flustered down at the sports book. And I forgot. And I like I, you were advised to put it on Puka. I really felt I like was. It. I 100% was. And I will regret that for probably ever, especially if he wins. If, if he wins, yeah. Just for just for reference, the odds were plus 15,000 oh for Puka to win <laughs> offensive rookie of the year. Well, that's out really hard. Man, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really don't want Puka to win it. I will be so mad if he wins it. Why? Because you didn't place that bet, and we could have oh. had thousands of dollars. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> not you know, not like fu money, but like it would have been nice for sure. It would have been vacation money. It definitely would have been vacation money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So next year, um, when we do our last show before the draft, uh, make sure that you guys remind me to go 
put money on whatever rookie we think is going to win the uh, rookie of the year. And I will, I promise I will actually do it this time. Okay. Sounds good. We're going to hold you to that. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Our next award goes to the most valuable quarterback, AKA the hottest in the office. Uh, if you guys remember, uh, Ryan, intern Ryan won this award, made it very, very uh, awkward, him and Michael Scott. Um, hopefully, uh, these quarterbacks uh, don't have anything, uh, or it's not going to be awkward with them when they come get their award. So we've got Josh Allen, we've got Jalen Hurts, and we've got Lamar Jackson as our nominees. Who is our winner? Drum roll. That would be Joshua Allen. Joshua Allen from the Bills. You've been chosen as the uh, most valuable quarterback. Uh, Tyler, why don't you tell us a little bit about Josh Allen? Hopefully I can without my dog interrupting us, but uh, no promises. She's very excited. She's very excited. She is Allen. very excited. Uh, so Josh Allen, honestly, this season has been a clusterfuck for the Bills. It has been an absolute mess. They fired their OC midseason. Uh, there's talks of firing Sean McDermott, the head coach, and their season was lost like five weeks ago. And they win the AFC East somehow. And the only reason, the name of that somehow is Josh Allen. Uh, he is Buffalo's Superman. <laughs> and especially for fantasy. He is absolutely incredible. He, he's at the point in his career where he's sleepwalking to 4,000 pass yards and 30 touchdowns every year. I know he had 29 passing touchdowns this year. Shut up. Leave me alone. Every other year, he exceeded 30 by quite a bit. Uh, and on top of all of those passing yards, he's putting up about 500-plus rush yards a year. He had an insane 15 rushing touchdowns this year. Uh, he is at, he's still the Bills' number one goal line back. He has led the Bills in rushing touchdowns every season of his career except for 2021 when he had six rushing touchdowns and Devin Singletary had seven. So he is their top goal line back. He throws for over 4,000 yards a year, and he's just done it all year. I mean, he finished as a QB1 overall. He finished as a QB1 in points per game. Let's look at the first half of the season. Josh Allen is QB1 in points per game. Let's look at the second half of the season. Josh Allen is QB1 in points per game. He never let up. He always performed, regardless of how the players around him were playing. Stephon Diggs just disappeared for the last two months of the season because he's a big baby. And Josh Allen continued to put up numbers. He had, he was just producing with Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, and Dalton Kincaid, and James Cook. Good for him. Uh, I love, I love me some Jalen Hurts. I do, and he is deserving of this. However, it, I just don't think these two are in the same stratosphere. Uh, Josh Allen is just head and shoulders above everyone. Uh, especially when it comes to kind of rushing dependency. And don't get me started with, the, oh, Jalen Hurts is a running back, crab. No, he's not. He's a very good quarterback. However, 43% of his career fantasy football production is rushing game-based. 
32.6% of Josh Allen's career fantasy football production is rushing game based. So that 11 points is a big difference there. So Jalen Hurts has never cleared 4,000 yards in his career. Josh Allen does that in his sleep. So that is why I'm taking Josh Allen here. Uh, I'm willing to hear the arguments about everyone else. However, those arguments are wrong. I will take the 27-year-old Superman quarterback entering the prime of his career as the quarterback to lead my dynasty team to victory. Um, all three of our nominees are guys that really rely on their legs. Did you guys notice that? I just saw, I just uh, connected, clicked just a second ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can pass your way to a really good fantasy season, but mm -hmm. you're just not going to finish in the top three or four guys. If you're not putting up four, five, 600 rushing yards and several touchdowns. Exactly. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about Jalen Hurts, and I'll wrap us up with some Lamar Jackson talk. All right. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about Jalen Hurts, who, I mean, yes, he's not Josh Allen because he doesn't turn the ball over 22 times in a season, but we won't talk about that, you know. No <laughs> <laughs> uh, <we> comment. <laughs> All right. But uh, Jalen Hurts. I didn't talk about that. No, <laughs> we're all positive tonight, so we're not going to talk about that. Who brought that up? You know, Jalen Hurts, you know, he was drafted consistently in the top three uh, quarterbacks, you know, going for redraft. And this year he did, as Tyler said, he didn't throw for 4,000 yards, 3,858 total yards, um, excuse me, passing yards, which was 15th in the NFL. So really not that strong right there. And he had 23 touchdowns, which was 13th in the NFL, which really isn't strong there. And like more to what Tyler was saying earlier about like his productions come from like his legs, 605 rushing yards, which is third amongst uh, quarterbacks still, which is crazy in itself. Um, 15 rushing touchdowns. You know, Jalen Hurts had 15 rushing touchdowns. That brotherly shove did him well. But do you know he was tied for first with? Josh Allen. Josh Allen also had 15 rushing touchdowns. So I can't argue with Tyler when he says that Josh Allen is the runaway like to win that award. It's well-deserving. Um, for On the season, Hurts, he had 371.9 points, which was second to Josh Allen. 21.9 um, points a game, which was second to Josh Allen. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that Jalen Hurts was second to Josh Allen, as he should be, um, you know, in – the results for this award. So everything that Tyler said was great. I don't need to get into more of that, but um, that's what you got from Jalen Hurts, you know, who started off kind of strong, didn't have to pass a lot because he was doing so much with his legs. And then the season for the Eagles just got weird. I think it was just uh, like the universe just trying to shut up Nick Sirianni. And I think he just paid the price for that. And they're limping into the playoffs, not playing really good football right now. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they fare, you know, from five weeks ago being considered the best team in the league to eh, like, what are they doing? Like they're losing to the Cardinals. Like Maybe they lose to the Bucs in the first round. Playoff like, Baker Mayfield, baby. I would All love he does to see is win in the wild card round. Can you imagine this? I mean, like that would be our Super Bowl like down here in Tampa, like if they beat the Eagles in the first round, like I just, I can't even like the city would erupt. Yeah. You go from one goat to the other goat. 
obviously. Yeah, and when they do beat him, they're immediately going to give Baker Mayfield a three-year, $120 million contract and hamstring oh, yeah. themselves. Yeah. And he becomes Johnny Menzel. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, Baker's going to be a dad. He's not Johnny. Okay, all right. <laughs> Love you, Baker. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, Baker. Um. All right, so Lamar Jackson, our, our last nominee, you know, when I was looking at his numbers, because recently, you know, the last few games, obviously Baltimore has just been like on an absolute tear, right? They've just been destroying people left and right. Sorry, Dolphins. Uh, they also destroyed the 49ers, just made it look like, you know, so easy. Um, right now, they are plus 300 to win the Super Bowl, second behind only the 49ers. Lamar has the best odds to be Super Bowl MVP right now at plus 375. Brock Purdy is right behind him at plus 500. Um, but going into, you know, just taking into consideration his numbers overall this season, they're not really all that impressive. Um, he's not top 10 in really any of the major statistical categories like completions, dropbacks, touchdowns, interceptions, yardage, etc. Um, where he is top in is uh, his rushing yards at 821. Nobody's really surprised about that. Um, and, uh, you know, we mentioned our other two nominees were actually, uh, way higher than Lamar in rushing touchdowns. Um, you know, he only has five rushing touchdowns so far this year, which I thought was crazy. Um, he's got 24 passing touchdowns, his third most actually in his entire career, um, hasn't quite gotten to 4,000 yards for passing. He's not going to, it's 36, 78 right now. Um, so, you know, just a shade over 3,500 for his passing yards for the season, um, you know, not, not to, not to, when you say it like that, right. It doesn't sound like a, that positive. We are a positive show here tonight, especially on our award show. Um, so Lamar, you didn't win the Georgie. I'm so sorry. Um, but you came in third, you're the odds on favorite to be the Super Bowl MVP. You know, I think you're going to be okay. You're going to make it. It's going to be fine. Um, you've got a bajillion dollars to cry in and wipe your tears. So I think you're doing okay, bud. Yeah. Well, are you guys ready to move on to our next award? Heck yeah. All right, guys. So this one, most valuable running back, a.k.a. the whitest sneakers award. If you guys remember, that went to the uh, Pam Beasley. Um, our nominees, Christian McCaffrey, the entirety of the Miami backfield, and Jameer Gibbs, one of our favorite rookies on this show. Our winner... For the most valuable running back, surprise in the upset was the Miami backfield. Sorry, Christian, you already got an award. You don't get you don't get another one. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this Miami backfield. Even though Chris Burns is our resident Miami fan, Chris, I hope you do do you proud over here. <clears throat> All right, when I say the entirety of the Miami backfield, who I specifically mean would be Raheem Mostert and. De Devon A. Chan. I am never going to get used to saying it that way. A. Chan sounds better. Whatever. It's not my name. Um, when is the last time that you guys, um, that a team had a top two players, sorry, two players in the top five scoring category for fantasy football as a running in the running back position? Do you guys know when that was? Oh, God. Was it the Falcons? 2017 Falcons? I have no idea because I didn't look it up. All I can tell you is the Falcons. 
<laughs> Thanks, Daisy. You're welcome. All I know is that it's been a long freaking time. Okay. Raheem Mostert coming in at 17.8 points per game in a PPR format. We have got Devon Achan. Yes. 17.3 points per game in a PPR format. Mostert coming in fourth overall. Achan coming at five overall. Okay. Now, the two of them accounted for 26 of Miami's total rushing touchdowns. Spoiler alert, the entire team only had 28. Um, and they only had five fumbles all season. Now, uh, they also had some touchdowns in the passing game. Three each. Miami had a total of 31 overall. Um, these guys are good on running. They're good on the ground. They're good in the air. Wherever you want them, they are going to produce for you. They managed to stay reasonably healthy considering, you know, all their injury history in the past. Um, HM played 11 games. Mostert played 15 games, which is pretty impressive. Um, Mostert had over 1,000 yards on the ground. HM's got 800. Both of them are close to 200 yards receiving as well. Very impressive. And you know what's even more impressive? Is that when you drafted them, you got them for free. Okay? You got them for free, basically. Not so much HM in your dynasty drafts. I'm talking about more like in your redrafts. And your best balls. You got these guys for absolutely nothing. You got them for a bench spot. That's where you drafted them. Four and five, respectively, in, in, in fantasy points per game scoring. That's freaking amazing. Uh, if somebody in the chat wants to look up and see when the last time a team had two top uh, top five scores, um, please do that because, uh, as as stated, I have no idea when that was. But uh, what do you guys think? Chris, are you still happy with your team? I am happy with the team, and really and truly, I think if Mostert played Sunday, Sunday night, I think it's a different ball game. Um, you know, like we really missed that that force that he had. If Waddle played, that's a different ball game. If Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb played, you know, we win the game. If um, Xavier Howard was healthy, we win that game. Um, yeah, I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but like you said, it's amazing. Like nobody expected Mostert to like play 15 games and then he got nicked up here late in the season. Um, you know, nobody saw that coming. So it was great. But looking at those two guys, like they're very dynamic, like Mostert with all those touchdowns, like who saw Mostert with 20 plus touchdowns this year? Who had that on the bingo card? Yeah. Like, nobody. You know. nobody. So, it's encouraging to see what might happen next year. Um it's as a fan, it's, it's sad to say that I think that uh contending window is closing very, very, very soon. But um, it's yeah, I enjoyed watching all those touchdowns this year. Can't lie. Yeah, it's been a fun year to be a Dolphins fan, I think for sure. Like you guys have had you guys are been a very exciting team to watch. It's been nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> I hope they pack their uh their long johns for this weekend. Upset. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Tyler, tell us about one of our one of our favorite rookie running backs and Jameer Gibbs. Uh, yes, I found it. It was the Falcons in 2016. Points per game. Number one was Devontae Freeman. Number yes. four was Tevin Coleman. Good work, Chris. Oh Good work, God. me. Tevin <laughs> Coleman, Devontae Foreman. Woo! That's a that's that's deep cut. Deep cut there. <laughs> Man, I just found it when you called me too. I'm so happy about that. All right, my guy, Jameer Gibbs, my argument for him being the most valuable running back in Dynasty is as follows. He finishes the RB10 this year overall. He finishes the RB11 in points per game. 
very solid finish. Uh, we need to remember at the beginning of the season when we're all losing our minds, calling for Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell's head, like, hey, watch Jameer Gibbs run the ball, give him the ball. And they promptly told us to shut the hell up. We know what we're doing. Uh, week one to four, Jameer Gibbs was the RB28 on the season. Weeks five to 18, he was the RB6. So he was a rookie. They took him a little time to adjust. And they allowed their also pretty good running back, David Montgomery, to shoulder the load for a while. So I see this as Jameer Gibbs is essentially going to be a top five running back for a long time to come. Will he ever finish as the overall RB1? Probably not. I don't know if I see that in the cards. I don't know if he's ever going to get the workload to be able to do that. But if you told me I could have a top five running back for the next five seasons on my dynasty roster, I would want to kiss you. And the the best comparison that I could kind of come up here, come up with here, especially for a production profile, is Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has cleared 200 carries in his career twice. He's cleared 250 carries in his career zero times. Gibbs had 182 carries this year and 71 targets. Uh, the least amount of targets Alvin, Alvin Kamara ever had was 67. So if Jameer Gibbs is going to be a 190, 200 rush guy with 80, 90 targets, that is just fine. You do not need 350 rush attempts to be a top five fantasy football running back. You just do not because targets are essentially twice as valuable as carries. So as long as you are getting, I'll do that math at some point in the near future. Uh, I'll pull, I will pull rush attempts and targets and kind of equal out that production. Anyway, that, that would be fun. I just uh, nerded out there for a second. I apologize. Uh, so I, I really do think productivity, he can be Alvin Kamara. Also, he's still 21 years old. He's under contract for four more years, pending the fifth-year option, of course, on a team with a great offensive coordinator and a head coach I trust to keep the boat afloat if and when Ben Johnson gets a head coaching job, so essentially this offseason. Uh, also, other reasons, age, 21. He's explosive as all get out. He's super talented. He has great vision. He has fantastic receiving ability. His situation is wonderful. One of the best offensive lines in the league. Uh, fantastic tight end, a fantastic wide receiver. Uh, if the Lions are going to move on to another quarterback, I think it's going to be a clear upgrade because they already have a guy playing like a top 10 quarterback, Jared Goff, mm -hmm. under contract. And Jared Goff is not going anywhere. He's going to be around for a while. And they have Jameer Gibbs under contract control. Uh, I love Brees Hall. I love Travis Etienne. They're a little older than him. Uh, they're a little less stable, whether it be in their situation or their workload. So most valuable running back, I'm going to take Jameer Gibbs. I will gladly take him every day of the week. I took Jameer Gibbs with the second pick in our Fantasy and Frames rookie draft. And I am not upset about it. Not upset about it at all. 
Nope. And you traded for CJ Stroud. So you got both your guys. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. The only ones I'm missing are uh, Tintel. Uh, Chris, maybe we can uh, work something out in the uh, offseason. Yeah. <laughs> Step into my office. Who knows? <laughs> All right, guys. We are here. We are closely getting to the end of our show. We've got a couple more awards left, though, for you. Next up, Most Valuable Wide Receiver, a.k.a. the Spicy Curry Award from Kelly Kapoor. Our dominees, Amon Ross St. Brown, CeeDee Lamb, and the aforementioned Tyreek Hill. Drum roll, please. You guessed it. CeeDee Lamb is our winner. So, Tyler. You get to keep talking. Tell me a little bit about C.D. Lamb. Man, there that is just music to my ears. Someone tells me I get to keep talking. That is just fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe we didn't have Justin Jefferson on here. But, oh, well, I mean, he was kind of injured for most of the year. You know, he's, he's everyone still loves Justin, Justin Jefferson. He'll be fine. He'll be okay. We gave, we gave our guys some due here. So, I really do think CeeDee Lamb is the most valuable dynasty wide receiver. I have him number one over Justin Jefferson, who I have at number two. He was amazing this year. He would have led the NFL in receiving yards in 2016 through 2020. The only players to have more receiving yards than CeeDee Lamb this year in the past eight seasons are 2021 Cooper Cup, 2022 Justin Jefferson, and 2023 Tyree Kill. He led the league in receptions of 10-plus and 20-plus yards, which means he was an efficiency machine. Uh, He finished as the overall wide receiver one. Uh, You know, we we talked about Tyreek already. He missed a little time with injury, and that gave CD the opportunity to finish up as the overall wide receiver one, not to say that he was any slouch. He was number two in points per game. He was behind Tyreek by one-tenth of a point. So that... Not much of a difference there. Uh, I pulled a lot of advanced metrics into an Excel sheet, and you can basically sort on whatever you're looking for, whatever counting stats you want to find. And CD Lamb is at or near the top of every single one of these. Uh, quite simply, he had one of the five best receiver seasons of the last eight years. He absolutely went off and He's not getting quite the amount of credit that is due to him because of the Tyree kill season. And a large reason that CD is my wide receiver one is he's 24 years old. He hasn't even hit his fifth year option yet. They picked it up. He has not played on it. He's going to be paired with a guy in Dak Prescott, who's going to finish second in the MVP voting this year for basically his entire career. And he has missed one game in his entire four-year career. He's dependable. He's explosive. He's efficient. He's paired with a fantastic quarterback. He has a coaching regime that is not afraid to absolutely force-feed him and run the offense through him. So for all of these reasons, CeeDee Lamb is my most valuable wide receiver one for Dynasty. Tyler, I'm not at all surprised that you put a spreadsheet together and put all of your metrics in the spreadsheet. Oh, I do it every week. The the export button is my friend on Fantasy Pros and Pro Football Reference. Tyler Heil, freak in those spreadsheets, guys. (laughs) (laughs) 
Chris, do you want to say anything else about Tyreek Hill before um, I tell the people a little bit about the sun god? No, not so much. Tyler covered it perfectly when he talked about him earlier. Um, yeah, he would hit that 2K if he didn't get hurt like midseason. Yeah. But Tyler that's, covered him well. That is a that's a bummer for him. Um, all right, guys, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, Amara St. Brown, who is my pick for most valuable uh, wide receiver. Um, and you better believe he's going to add this to the list of slights that he has going. Um, all the people that were uh, taking over him in the draft. This is going to be right up there with that. Um, he scored 20.7 points per game in a PPR format this year, which was fourth most overall over the season. He's got 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns, doubled his touchdown production from last season. He is only getting better in year three. He has got 12 points, uh, not 12 points, 12.7 yards per reception. Obviously, the number one target monster on the Detroit Lions right behind Sam Laporta. You drafted him in the first. Maybe you got him in the early second, but you know what? You got exactly what you paid for because he just came out. He produced all season, was an absolute stud for you, and you better believe he's going first round next season, 100%. That is my spiel for Amara St. Brown. With his blue hair for Detroit Lions for a playoff playoff game this week. Love to see it. Guys, our last serious award, and then we've got a fun one, goes to the most valuable tight end award, aka the, the fine work, fine work award. Um, gold star to whoever in the chat can tell me who got this award on the actual Dundees on the office. Our nominees, the aforementioned Sam Laporta. And coming from Arizona, Trey McBride. No surprise here. Sorry, Trey McBride. You had a great season, but we got to give it to our boy, Sam Laporta. Um, let's see. Now, Chris, is there anything else you want to talk about Sam Laporta? I mean, we could probably like do a whole show about how awesome he is. Um, No, not really. Like we talked about Sammy and, you know, he wants me to accept this award on his behalf. Um, you know, because he felt slighted that he didn't get the last one, so he left. But um, the Georgies mean so much to him that he just yeah. couldn't stand not winning multiple. Um, so I'm accepting it on his behalf. Um, we did it, <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> Tyler, break us on home. Tell us about tell us about uh, Trey McBride and uh, his connection with Kyler Murray this year. I will and. I'm kind of cheating here on the rules that I made for the most valuable voting here because Trey McBride is definitively not my tight end one, but I see him as the most valuable tight end because I, I feel he is still way far undervalued to where he should be. Trey McBride right now is my tight end six overall, and there are some good reasons for that. Uh, Trey McBride was fantastic over the second half of the season. Uh, before the second half of the season, he had like two playable games. That's it. It was, it was pretty ugly over the first half of the season. But you know what? Trey McBride's a second-year player. He's actually quite far ahead of the curve when it comes to tight end development. You know, it, that kind of got blown out of the water with Sam Laporta, but Sam Laporta is the exception and not the rule. It usually takes several years for these guys to develop, and Trey McBride is ahead of that curve. Uh, he was the top tight end in the 2022 draft class that had some pretty good players in it at the tight end position. And Greg Dulcich, Kate Otten, Daniel Bellinger, Isaiah Likely, Chigo Okonkwo, 
uh, all of whom have shown or are showing the ability to be productive in the NFL. And Trey McBride has been more productive than all of them. Uh, one of my favorites, Trey McBride won the Mackey Award in college, top tight end. Uh, six three and a half, two forty six, four five six forty. So good athlete. I think people are forgetting that he is a solid athlete. He can run fast. He can jump pretty high. Thirty three inch vert. Uh, so I feel really good just about his athletic and productivity profile. So there's no reason why he can't continue what he did over the second half of the season. And what did he do over the second half of the season? Well. When Kyler came back, uh, he had eight games with Kyler. So my favorite part of this is I didn't write down his actual stats that he had with Kyler. I wrote down his 17-game pace with Kyler. So his 17-game pace was 140 targets, 113 receptions, 1,143 yards, and four touchdowns. And that's an eight-game sample. That's not a small sample. That's a half-the-season sample. So that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. That would have had him <laughs> up in the top couple tight ends. And a lot of people say, oh, the Cardinals are going to bring in more competition for targets. His target volume is going to go down. His productivity is going to go down. I don't agree with that. Uh, the Cardinals did not throw the ball a lot this year. They were 24th in the NFL with 32.6 pass attempts per game. I think that is going to increase as they get more weapons and get a full season with Kyler and get more comfortable in their offense. Uh, I actually welcome more people coming into that receiving room. I hope it's Marvin Harrison Jr. because it's going to pull a lot more of attention off Trey McBride and my guy Michael Wilson. Had to throw Michael Wilson in there. Uh, I feel really good about Trey McBride. He's my tight end six overall. And I think people need to pay attention to him. And I felt he deserved his due after the second half of the season that he had. He's got that fire in his belly. Yeah, he does. <laughs> got that dog in him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, guys. All right. Well, our very last award here, um, we don't have an actual Georgie to give out. However, we have something that might be even more valuable. Our best teammate award goes to Jameis Winston. Jumping in there, getting his boy Jamal Williams a touchdown because F the Falcons. Um, Jameis, uh, you can collect that award. It is payable in free crab legs for an entire year. Um, you can see Tyler for that. He'll be able to get you set up with those. So, guys. We'll fake crab meat, do. Uh, you got to ask Jameis. I don't know. I mean, that's, yeah, that's something you two have to work out between Jameis the two. Jameis ain't no imitation kind of guy. No. Oh, no. I love imitation crab. Back that off imitation crab meat. <laughs> I'm not knocking it. I'm saying, I'm talking, speaking for Jameis. Don't attack me. <laughs> no idea. We would have such a strong imitation crab take on this show. There's a little bit of housekeeping before we turn it over to the fourth and frames, guys. Um, we are going on a well deserved hiatus here until after the Super Bowl. 
Um, we'll be back on February 21st, ready to talk all about those incoming rookies um, before the draft. In the meantime, make sure to follow all of us here. You can uh, follow Tyler over at FF Tyler Heil. You can follow Chris at, at Dynasty Deviant. I am at Stacy underscore Perez 83. Make sure to give us a like, a subscribe, share, follow, all those things here for Fantasy and Frames. Um, guys, don't forget that we also have all of our shows here coming up for uh, Fantasy and Frames Wednesday right now. Stay here. You've got the fourth and frames guys. They are going to be doing a mock draft. We have got um, shoot the gap for all of your IDP content. Make sure that you uh, have hit that subscribe button to get notified of all of our shows. We will see you after the Super Bowl. Have a great playoff and uh, see you then.